Kelly, welcome back. It's been four weeks since we, since we recorded. Did you miss me? Well, I saw you, what, two days ago? <laughs> well, there's that. Before that, you missed me though, right? Yep. Basically. I miss you. I missed you all the time, Sarah. <laughs> but you have been very busy. Where are you right now? Where in the world is Sarah Gross? Okay. I feel like I've maybe bit off more than I can chew, but we're going to see. I'm holding strong. <laughs> so we, Ashley and I went to Iron Man Lake Placid, as you know, to do live coverage for Iron Women. And immediately after that, Alyssa Gadeski, who is the host of the Iron Woman podcast, is going after a fastest known time attempt on the Vermont Long Trail, which literally is like two hours from Lake Placid. So I decided to stay and try to do coverage of that. And she starts tomorrow. But right now... Well, she starts tomorrow while we're recording Wednesday. So technically when this airs, she will have started the day before. And it's supposed to take like five... Like if she... she Hits the record is like five days and seven hours, right? Like I think. Yes. Yes. Something like that. Okay. And so, yeah. So right now we're in, I'm in Jay, Vermont, which is right on the Canadian border, like the northern, northern part of Vermont. And I'm in, we have a team of about 10 people and we're literally like all in one room almost. Like there's a curtain. <laughs> so if you hear background noise, that's just Alyssa's crew. Cooking pierogies. I saw Basically that you guys cooked a lot pierogies. of pierogies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pierogies are going to be eaten. In multitude. Yeah. <laughs> My mom was very concerned about you after Placid. She said she was like, Sarah fell asleep on a picnic table. She is very tired. <laughs> and it wasn't even the first time that week. There was there was Friday where I fell asleep in the grass before the last interview. And they came up and they're like, hi. <laughs> and Ashley and I were both asleep. But that's just par for the course. Like when you go, I find that like you see us on if anyone watched any of the videos, we're like really energetic. We're like dancing like we you rapped on mm-hmm. our live video. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're like either it's a really on or off situation. So sometimes I just have to switch off and have a 20 minute nap. So I've, I did that a few times. Okay. And if people want to follow along on Alyssa's fastest known trail, fastest known time, I always say FKT, but that's maybe people don't know what FKT is. If they want to follow along on her FKT attempt, they can follow on her, Alyssa's Instagram, Facebook, yes. And you'll be recording and I'm sure you'll be like reposting things on the Live Feisty and Iron Women social media. I'll share things through all our channels, Iron Women and Live Feisty. But yes, uh, the first place to go is Alyssa's uh, Instagram, which is at Alyssa Gadeski and her Facebook account, her personal Facebook account. Also, she has a tracking. She has tracking on her website, which is Project Wandelin, W. A-N-D-E-L-N. And that's the German word for something that's meaningful. To wander. It, it's the German word oh. for to wander. Thank you. Come on, Sarah. Dankeschön. Okay. Dankeschön. Um, <laughs> so there you go. It's the German for to wander. And projectwandelin.com. You can find the tracking. I think it's just forward slash tracking. And you find yeah, that's the what tracking I there. Okay, cool. And then we're going to talk about other things today, though, too. We are coming up on the show. We are going to catch up on the last four weeks of racing. Iron Man celebrates its 40th year ongoingly. (laughs) And what the heck is Swim Run and how Kelly and I are doing in our training. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive, uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny, and I can, I will, end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code RIDING at Ask Kicker Inc., Inc. with a K, 
Com. If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at CraveJerky.com. That is Crave with a K. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. So Kelly, you race Lake Placid, the Iron Man. Did you want to share any of your experience with us today? <laughs> You're like, not really. It was rather an experience I was trying to forget as it was happening. It was so I'm curious what it was like for you on the sidelines because it was insane. It was a completely like there is a reason everyone biked 20 to 30 minutes slower than anticipated, even than anticipated for that slow, tough course. It was raining really, really hard and very, very windy. And it was, it would vary in between the mountains. Cause you know, it's like the Adirondacks. So like one Valley would be different than the next Valley. So it happened to be that the part that was the long, fast descent when I hit like 42, 43 miles an hour was into a rain. Like you couldn't see at one point I almost hit something in the road. Cause I couldn't see. And there were sideways gusts of wind. So I thought it was just me that couldn't control my bike. And then I saw one of the girls in front of me just get like blown into the other lane. Mm. like straight up people were crap i was the first lap before the age troopers route i thought to myself like there's this is going to be terrible and apparently yeah a lot of people like came in off the bike bloody somebody broke some ribs it was epic crazy so we actually biked or not biked we drove we in, bike, our, no. in our dry clean car um <laughs> past you kind of right at that moment when you were coming down that, the descent um, and actually, like now that you're seeing it, I find it really amusing how different it is inside a car versus when people <laughs> ask me about the conditions. I was like, yeah, it rained a little bit, but not too bad. No, it wasn't too cold. You know, it, it just it, Sarah, it, I was like shivering on the bike at one point. I was like, thought I was going to die. I was like looking over this guardrail and wondering how many people were going to get blown over the guardrail into the fucking water. It was it was really bad. I also think, besides the fact that everyone bikes much, much slower, uh, there's a reason so many people had a hard time on the run because it did deplete like your energy resource. For like sure. when you're cold and you're wet and it takes longer, and it's that <laughs> it even occurred to me as I was biking, I thought, this is going to be really bad. People are not going to take in enough calories. They're going to blow up. And I was right. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be one of those people. <laughs> you just didn't take your own <laughs> advice. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, there were coming off the bike. Jody Robertson was in extreme discomfort, like in a way. And, you know, because she's not like with her, there's no meltdown. Like she's not crying by the side of the road. Like she's literally clearly like crying out in pain and trying to get herself going to walk. And then by the second lap, she was back to running like 630 miles. I mean, it was this amazing transformation. I don't know how she did it, but um, it was a lot of the girls. Which made me feel bad because I did not rally. But a lot of the girls were walking at some point, crying at some point, throwing up at some point. And then all, you know, almost everybody like came back around, like got through it, uh, th you know, puke and rally. Um, pretty much the only person who didn't 
like Walker cry, I think was Heather and uh, who won, obviously. And I think Sarah was obviously trying to run her way like through the field. And like she actually ran like a three or something. Also, everybody else, everyone else looked terrible. Everyone yeah. else looked like death. Yeah, there was some carnage out there. Like, I, th- I feel like that's the kind of course. It's one of the hardest courses. You know, I think there's only probably a couple Ironmans harder, maybe Whistler, uh, Lanzarote. Um, but otherwise, like Placid's one of those hard, hilly courses and any other external factors making it harder, like your rain, your wind, or even there's been some years it's super hot there and it's super, mm-hmm. it can be super exposed on the run in some parts of the run can make it just a really brutal hard day. So I say hats off to you, Kelly, for finishing <laughs> despite some pukage. Yeah, I um, it's interesting, too, when you get to the point where you're not. What's the word I'm looking for? It was not going to be a good day anymore, right? right. But well, I was like, like I was going to finish. Out the window and you just my time out the window. And I told you my watch even died. So it was all very existential. I had no idea how long. I literally didn't know what time I had done. And so I made friends with this guy who was also <laughs> making his way, <laughs> as you do. And, and so we had a whole, like, we spent like eight miles making our way in to the So you made new friends. I made new friends. Good. There was a Silver lot lining. of people who were also like, Cause obviously I had the pee on my leg for pro. And then, so a lot of people saw that and were like, Oh, you're not having a good day. And I was like, thank you. So I talked to a lot of people, triathlons, a community guys, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also told people, there was also a lot, a lot of people out there, tons of people, Sarah, who yelled live feisty at me, who yelled, <gasps> really, if we were riding, what would you say? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, um, <laughs> one guy at one point on an, at an aid station on the bike, I was like yelling for Gatorade. I was like, you know, sitting up and he goes, oh, are you Kelly from Feisty? And he started cheering. Yeah. So people clearly. Yeah. People. That was my experience too. Like doing the live coverage, walking around, talking to people, you know, a lot more people an increasing number of people. came, And we love you all. If you're listening, I love it when people come up to us and talk to us. And a lot of people told me that they agreed with me on the box debate. That's like the big thing that people always tell me. So people always <laughs> just have to slip whatever. that in there. We were on the East Coast. I don't even care how they talk. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone okay, kept so- saying to me, why did you come so far from San Francisco? Like San Francisco, you're far from home. And I was like, okay, guys. <laughs> you're like, I was but in the- Europe last week. The other thing people kept asking was, because I had said in our video that we did an interview for Iron Women beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I had said that I... Uh, would tell like the whole story about everything that had gone crazy leading up to the race. And so people kept asking like what had happened. Oh yeah. The story. Okay. I've even, people have asked me the story and I'm like, I don't even, I only have half the story. So I'm curious about, so you had something weird happen before the race. What was it? So I got a ride. Someone picked like a smash teammate, picked me up from the airport in Albany, took me to the house. I was supposed to have two rooms in a house right by the swim start. My parents were staying with me. We show up open the door. There are like guys there that I don't know. And the house had been rented out to someone else. And I did someone else, not even in the same party. No. And so I had rented from this guy who's like a coach, like a, I don't know. What's the word? A figure in the triathlon community up there. And he rents a bunch of houses, like rents them out to athletes and something got messed up. It's unclear what got messed up. Who did the messing up? But like this house that I was supposed to be staying in wasn't there anymore. And I guess Jenna Nett was also supposed to be staying. Yeah, she was. There, yeah. yeah. And she also didn't have anywhere to stay, but I guess she got put up in the, like Wadi Inc. put her up in their house or whatever. She had a situation. Um, I 
like waited around for a little while, eventually got put in a hotel that night. So the the guy who, who, the guy who basically double booked you paid for your hotel. Yes. And I'm not sure if he double booked or if somebody, he had rented this house and some, then the woman he rented it from rented, double booked it. Unclear. That's what I think happened. Anyway. So he put me up in a hotel. I was fine. I was going to have a house the next day. And then I like, that was, I met up with you. We had an interview. I told you it was going to be fine. I kept telling everyone it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's Iron Man. It'll be fine. Anyway, I ended up sleeping on a couch that night. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, we got a house eventually. It just like, it was a whole chaos with, there were a lot of people that were, had been displaced. were supposed to be in houses that weren't there or like things that happened. So same, a lot of people were very angry. Happened. To multiple people with the same person. Yeah. And so a lot of people were very, very upset. And um, so we ended up at a house like 10 or 15, 10 minutes outside town. I didn't have a rental car either because I was supposed to be within walking distance. So that, so I kept having to bum ride from people, which was fun until my parents showed up. And then there was supposed to be a bed, but whatever. I went to sleep and it wasn't sleepable. And so I slept on the couch, but I didn't really sleep on Friday night. And you know, when you're like, oh, I'm not going to sleep, I'll just take a bunch of melatonin and that'll put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? Did that? Yes, I have. Did that work out for you? No, <laughs> not great. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, uh, you, and I know you've also done this. I know when you take too much melatonin that you then, like it doesn't, you don't, it doesn't wear off by the next day. And yeah. You're, yeah. So I was like really sick all day Saturday with the... Like from, you know, when you're so Ouch. tired, you're like nauseous and dizzy. And although I sometimes find that that situation creates a really good night's sleep on that second night. Yeah. Did no, I slept, I slept great. There you go. I mean, for the night before a race, right? Like I slept six hours the night before a race. That's crazy. Mm-hmm, that is. But yeah, at that point, like we also didn't have a fridge and I may have eaten a yogurt that had gone bad, but whatever. It was like low down on my list of things that were wrong. But it's an interesting question because. I know what I know why I had a bad race. I went into that race having eaten like maybe 1800 calories the day before not keeping food down. And I started at a calorie deficit mm. and I never made it up. Right. And then when I tried to make it up my stomach, like I tried to make it up too quickly. You know what I'm saying? And you, you can't and your stomach revolts. And so I know what happened. But at what point is that something, you know, simply what happened? Like it is a thing that happened and at what point is an excuse, right? Like, I'm not like, it is what, like, everyone has things happen. That's mm-hmm. how Iron Man goes. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, here's my question to you. Do you feel like given the circumstances that you had the, like, given all the things that were thrown at you, do you feel like you had the best day you could have had? No, no, no. I had a shit day. Like, right. Like, and I, and I'm certainly like, no, but I mean, myself given the circumstances. Over. So like. <laughs> You no, know, you got to stop beating yourself up. Like all these things happened. Right. And yet right. you still like put together a swim and a bike and a run that was not as fast as you wanted it to be, but you still did it. You checked a lot of the boxes. I think you have to like give yourself a little bit of a pat on the back here. Yeah. Well, I'm still beating myself up, but what I more think is interesting is like, I don't want other people to think I'm making any kind of excuses, right? Like it is what it is ever. Sarah Piampiano, who got third, was riding a training wheel. Did you see that? Because she got there to transition at the start and her wheel was like broken. Um, it's unclear what, I don't totally understand what happened, but like the valve was broken off and it was flat and she couldn't fix it. Someone gave her a training wheel, right? Mm-hmm. And her post after the race was like, don't want to make excuses. I just didn't have it. 
And someone pointed out, like, she didn't mention that she was right, like, that this had gone wrong. Because I think a lot of times in triathlon, people have a tendency, well, one, people make excuses all the time, but two, people have a tendency to view you when you state, like, these are the things that happened, like, this is what happened, as making excuses and, like, you know, I, if, if, if all those things had gone different, I totally would have, right? Like, you, you're, you're, you know. Yeah, I think it's a fine line. It's interesting. It's a weird it's line. Like, yeah. I have felt that before where it's like, I just want to tell my story of what happened without people thinking that I'm whining. Right. And at the same time, it's right. hard to tell the story without sounding like, oh, if all these things hadn't gone wrong, I would have done way better, obviously, because <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> there's a, it is it, it is an interesting line. And I think we should be able to create a space where we can say, hey, here's how my race went. And that's where I think that's where I was coming from when I asked you um, if under the circumstances, like once you were there on the day, are you doing your best? Cause I think that's then all you can do. Like once you get to the start line and the gun goes off, you can only just do your best in every moment, you know? Right. And sometimes that doesn't mean that we're going to end up where our fitness would put us if everything had gone perfectly leading up to the race. Right. So, um. For sure. I think there's also the, uh, and I kept like, man, I mean, I, I talked to you like two or three times before the race. I kept being like, it's fine. Cause there's this, you know, there's the Iron Man mentality where you're like going to solve the problems I can, going to ignore the ones I can't like not going to stress about this. Cause there's nothing else you can do. Right. You're like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be what it is. Yeah. I think under the circumstances you did well, I think you should just be giving yourself a little more credit here. Okay, well, I also decided I don't want to do any more Iron Man. I'm over Iron Man. Iron Man sucks. So that's still where I'm at. <laughs> that's fair. You can live there for a while. That's good. Um, there were some there other were, races, though. That's that what happened. I was about to say. There was a lot of other races in the last four weeks that we've been gone. Not okay. just, you know, our races. <laughs> other races. A few other races. Um, how about Daniela Reef at uh, the European Ironman Championships in Frankfurt? I mean, that was So crazy. did you follow the Euro championships in Frankfurt. Did you watch them on the new Facebook? Cause Iron Man's doing since we last talked, Iron Man is doing their like Facebook live, Facebook watch shows of a lot of the big Iron Man's. So you could actually really watch now. Like you can, it's, it's way better. I mean, it's good to see them having multiple cameras out there and, and watching it even when we were doing, when Ashley and I are at the side of the road doing our live coverage, you can see that there are media vehicles with the lead with the lead women in Lake Placid. So I assume it was the same in Frankfurt. It was, uh, I, you know, really kudos to Iron Man for, do, for actually putting some resources into coverage. Uh, my husband, who did not come to Placid, said between, he said, this is what's a direct quote, between your company's coverage, so I think that he meant you guys. Oh, our company, yeah. see, we're legit your com Yeah, your company's coverage and Iron Man's thing I could actually watch the race. <laughs> that was the, he said it actually worked out between all this oh, stuff. Oh, that's good. So. People should take note between yeah. Ashley and I standing with a phone at the side of the road and Iron Man with all the resources in the world. The race is now watchable. Right. Excellent. He was like, he basically just, you know, he could follow like the, what was happening with the winners and everything else. Um, but yeah, so I watched some of the Frankfurt coverage because it was pretty crazy. I mean, Daniela Reef was crazy. Jan Ferdino... I, he was making a statement, you know, he, mm. a lot of people had this theory that he, and I don't, this is like very insidery triathlon, but that he wanted it to come down to him and the two Patricks at the start of the run so that he could establish like, Hey guys, remember, like you think they're better runners. Guess what? And then he went and ran, what was it like eight minutes faster than them? Like he That's wanted an to interesting do that. Theory. So one of the Patrick is Patrick Lange. Mm -hmm. Who's the other Patrick? Nilsson. 
Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not and sure so like you yeah. can plan something like that. I know. This is like so slow twitch triathlon-y to be like, he did that on purpose. Uh, he meant for that to happen. But he did certainly obviously establish that he's still Jan Ferdino. He's not done. Yeah. He's not over the hill like people, you know. You know, no. and that's what he did in Oceanside too, right? Um, head to head with Lionel Sanders, who everyone sort of has pegged as the next up and coming and going to take down, take his throne away. Well, we're not so sure now. <laughs> Sarah True also, I mean, she looked awesome and she got second in her first Ironman ever behind Daniela. And even like... I think she acknowledged that she was being conservative, you know, on the bike because she had never done this distance before. She didn't like she certainly didn't want to like blow up. So I expect her to get faster, even even with her 254 marathon or whatever she ran. Yeah, it was 254. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. So it was legit. I would have. So Lucy Charles did challenge Roth the week before, mm-hmm. which it's still it's still an unfortunate fact of our sport that the major companies tend to put their major events back to back. So our biggest pros can't do both. It's like a monopoly move. That's annoying. And so Lucy Charles did Roth and didn't then couldn't do Frankfurt. Like it's just obviously like a little, a little nut. Um, but I would have like, it would have been great to see like all of them, all know, of them together together. Yeah. Cause so Keenley also did Roth and didn't do Frankfurt. So it was kind of like the best got split between those two races. Although uh, then it does leave, it keeps Kona special, right? When everybody, everybody's going head to head once a year in Kona. So, and during the year, people are more split up. Yeah. (laughs) That was me being skeptical of that whole argument, but it's fine. I mean, because ITU, they have what, six races throughout the year, give or take the like ITU WTS circuit. And it's pretty much the best people at all six. I think we could pull off like five big races in a year where the best people are all at the same five races. I think it's doable. You think so? Okay, it's doable. I'm not convinced that we have the audience for it. I mean, the ITU, do people really watch those six races and pay attention and feel invested in who wins? I'm not sure. They got 5 million viewers on their uh, Facebook Live Frankfurt coverage. So we could go check that. Did you fact check them? Uh, no, it, it was. <laughs> I find it, I find it unlikely, but possible. But I did go to watch the Lake Placid live coverage after the fact, mm-hmm. and it said it had like 2.7 million at that point. So, and it will be also, more by now. So it's in the millions. They're not that far off. Of course, obviously what counts as a view on Facebook, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of metrics issues here, but still we could, we could do it. It's a thing. You know, what is also a thing though, that has been going on while you've been on your whole I feel like I've been Trip. off the grid. Like, there's no cell reception here. Like, northern New York State, Vermont. Like, there's no cell reception. I'm, like, busy all the time. I don't know what's going on in the world. It's crazy. Anyway, so, yes, while I've been away, tell me what's the going on. The Tour de France on. has been happening. Oh, You're aware of that. France. Yes, I am actually aware that it's going on, yes. But you haven't watched it, have you? No. Me either. And I don't really actually know that many people that are watching it. I feel like it's not as big. I feel like people aren't. I feel like it's not as big a thing this year. Yeah, I think that's been well for a few years. I I feel like it's not been as big a thing. All the doping scandals people don't want to watch anymore. Also, I think remember that cycling became more popular in the U.S. because of Lance Armstrong, right? Like he like sort of single handedly he was the hero, right? People were right. the hero. People sort of watching cycling. Um, I, I suspect they still watch cycling in France in the same way that they always did. I I don't know. I'm just one would assume. I'm just guessing. Um, but. 
you know, I, I don't know what it's going to take to kind of resurrect that U.S. interest, but um, I think there's a few reasons why uh, people just don't care anymore. It's I don't even I'm not even that angry about the doping. I'm not like consciously being like, oh, I'm not going to watch the tour because of the doping. I just don't care really that much. And it's actually been a crazy tour. Like a fan set off a flare and someone crashed. Uh, one of the sky riders punched another rider and got DQ'd. The were protesters blocking the road and the police went to tear gas them and tear gas the Peloton on accident. The, the police took out Chris Froome on accident thinking he was a spectator. Like oh it's gosh. been a crazy tour. You know what I think is awesome <laughs> is how the Tour de France is all about the calamities. Like we don't want to watch a tour. We just want to watch like the shit that happens and the people that crash. Like there's also on the note though, of like what it might take for it to turn around. So Lance Armstrong did launch his media company while you were gone in the last two weeks called we do. And there was an interesting article that I included in this week's newsletter about how Lance Armstrong is legit again how people are willing to like sponsors are willing to sign on now and there was an argument in there that part of the reason that may be true is that as more and more news comes out about doping people are no longer thinking like they're not vilifying him anymore i'm not saying this is good or bad guys don't like yell at me i'm just saying it's a fact that as there are more doping scandals people's perception is that like lance is just one of many bad guys, not the baddest guy. Right. I have noticed the trend that more people are accepting Lance. And maybe part of it too is that he's using different skill sets. Like people talk about how good he is at the interviews on his podcast, for example. He is not good about talking about triathlon. <laughs> no. Did you listen to those? Oh my God. You've told me before. I've stayed Terrible. away. But, um, you know, people say he has a really good interview style. So people can appreciate a person for another skill. And kind of get over it i think that might be part of it too yeah probably i mean i've listened i have listened to his podcast where he interviews people and yeah it's there was a little while there where he was a good interviewer because he felt bad about himself if that makes sense like Mm, he was willing to humility open up yes Mm -hmm. yes what does lance armstrong's media company do just out of curiosity everything you do sarah of course lance should call me and ask me because i'm a year ahead so I could give Actually, him a few pointers. The woman who used to head up Triathlete Magazine heads it up. She's the editorial director. And they do podcasts and they do articles and they do a couple of organized events and then they do like subscriber content. Oh my gosh, that they is everything will, I do. I know, that's what I'm saying. They will be doing their Kona podcast again, I believe this year for the 40th anniversary of Iron Man. Have you watched or been involved in, seen any of the Iron Man 40th anniversary celebration stuff. Well, you can't really get away from it. I mean, I've noticed that they're celebrating in a big way, but I did not watch the special yet, though I would really like to. Yeah. So there was a four, at least here in the US, I don't know about Canada, there was a 40 year anniversary or 40 years of Iron Man special on NBC. It's on my DVR. It's pretty awesome, Sarah. There is a whole segment about how Iron Man has always been great for women. And Gender equality has been a forefront of triath of Ironman triathlon since the beginning. Except for if you're a pro woman. <laughs> and I'm, you're just, not- I'm just setting that down. <laughs> I'm not making a comment. I'm just saying. <laughs> except for you're, if you're like in the 35th, the 50th slot. That's like, except that, then yeah, I would agree. That. Mostly, kind of. They're also doing Ironman in the part of their whole like 40th anniversary thing. They're doing that quest for Kona thing again this year where they follow like eight or nine athletes 
and that's not NBC produced. It's not like top level on primetime TV. It's kind of more these 30 minute specials that Iron Man puts on like their Facebook watch page or, and on like, you know, lower level cable TV channels. Right. But the number of the athletes they're following this year, they release the list and they're including some pros like Sarah true is on there, which like spoiler, she qualified for Kona. <laughs> like that's going to be like, Oh, um, Ben Hoffman, who was second in 2014 at Kona, Andrew Talansky, the f- former cyclist who is making the like transition to triathlon. So they're including some pros this year and like some other, you know, like a guy who was a Marine and got hit by a bomb country music star, you know, other people, but the pro like, it's interesting because they've never included pros before. I think I'm really, really happy actually that they're including pros. And what I think what's interesting is that there's, there's sometimes this assumption that like the ordinary person, you know, like the guy who got hit by a bus and came back or whatever, that those like ordinary people with kids or with quote unquote real jobs, somehow their story has more value because they're overcoming all of these things, but there are also pros that have really similar stories. Um, and oh, yeah, there are like military vets who are pros. Like, yeah. In, yeah. And when they come back, they come back to a higher level of competition, which I find even more inspiring as well. So I'm really, really glad to hear that. And we know, like we interviewed Sarah True on the Iron Women podcast. Like we know she has her own struggles. She speaks openly about them. And it's just like pros are just ordinary people too, overcoming things in life and trying to do something hard like Iron Man. So I'm glad to see that they're including them. It would have been uh, really interesting if they had included like some of the women who are right on the cusp of like 35th spot. That would have been quite the quest. It would have been very uh, nail biting. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been like half an hour of them like staring at their computer, trying to understand like the point system. Or I could just write, I could, I could just, I could just write the story of my entire career since my daughter was born. <laughs> that would be, that would be that same story every single yeah. year. But Iron Man is doing a lot of stuff for this 40th anniversary. It was the 20th anniversary at Placid this last weekend. So there was a lot of like a lot of logos. My doctor in the med tent, who is a part-time baker and made the cakes for all of the Iron Man parties. Your doctor that's is a just, part-time baker? No, at the med tent at Placid, because that's just how Placid rolls, right? So she made all the cakes for like all the parties. And so she was telling me how it was really hard to incorporate all the logos because she had to have the 40th and the 20th. There were all these logos. So. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I can tell that we've been apart for a while because we just have so much to talk about. But after the break, oh wait, you had one more thing. Iron Man no, didn't buy something? Oh, well, Iron Man is on a roll. They didn't buy, uh, while you were not paying attention, Mm -hmm. they didn't buy that massive uh, mountain bike race, Breck Epic, that they wanted to turn into like a series of qualifying races to their big one in South Africa. They Um, they decided not to? No, the guy who owns it decided not to sell to them, despite being offered, and his direct quote was, bags and bags of money. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I love it. The story takes a different turn. Yes. So he decided he wasn't, he didn't like the direction it would go. So, but after the break, we will talk about swim run. Yes. Kelly and I will talk about our training for swim run and how all that is going right after this. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at Ass Kicker Inc., 
inkwithak.com and crave jerky crave with a k Com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so you've actually practiced. You've like swum and run and back and forth all around the lakes in Victoria. I, I have. I have to, we have to announce our new sponsor first because Colting Wetsuits... Um, sent us each one of their special swim run wetsuits, um, which is like it's a shorty wetsuit. It's hit as extra flotation in the like the legs, like in the quads. We also got those calf things that have flotation in them, so you don't have to carry a pull boy. Um, so I was trying out the new equipment um, and also like generally learning how to do this whole swim run thing with my friend Karen Thibodeau in two different lakes. We did a Saturday morning one and a Sunday morning one two weekends ago now, I guess. And Kelly, it was really, really fun. Okay, so what do I... Because I have not practiced and I uh, I might. I don't know. I swam today for the first time since Sunday. I did something. Perfect. So I might practice. Okay. What do I need to know about swim run? Okay, there's a few things that I learned. First of all, you have to take care of how you're going to avoid blisters because your shoes... You keep your shoes on when you... Through the, all the swims, right? So mm-hmm. for, for anyone who doesn't know, swim run is self-supported. So you just all the equipment you're wearing, you're basically just wearing it the whole time. So people literally like have their paddles on and then flip them around onto their forearms and then run and then put them back on. Um, you wear the wetsuit. If it's cold, you just keep the wetsuit on the whole time or it zips down. It actually zips down at the front and the back so you can pull it down easily. Um, but for your feet, of course, you can imagine that blistering can be a thing with wet shoes. So I tried just going barefoot. In my, I'm wearing Hoka trail shoes. Hoka's are super floaty. And I did okay. I did okay. I, did, I didn't blister at all after I did two and a half hours of this swimming and running all around and no blisters. Um, the other thing is like the getting out and getting into the water, right? I hadn't really thought that through. Like there's a lot of like scrambling, finding your footing. There's like, I've heard this about the main event that we're doing too, is that it's, it's, it can be really slippery, slimy rocks. You mean... It sounded like you said the main event, the event in Maine. The event in the Maine. The state of. Yes, right, exactly. Right. The Casco Bay Islands official Attilo swim run event that we are doing together. Yes. Um, okay. And then the other thing I want to take note of is that Karen and I did this, but we didn't tether ourselves together. And you have to stay within 10 meters of your partner, as I understand. And so it's hard to imagine doing what we did, being tethered together. Like, I think we might have started fighting <laughs> if we were tethered. We're together. not going to fight Sarah. It's going to be great. We're going to, we're just going to get along the whole time. <laughs> so like I can really see how communication with your partner, when you're tethered together is really important. Also finding where to go. Like we got lost. I mean, obviously we weren't doing a real swim run, but we just kind of got lost in the trails, had to find our way back to the lake. Right. And people who have done the event that we're doing have told me before that navigation is a thing. There's just these little, I guess there's just, kind of little white ties sometimes on trees and stuff you have to find them and that's where you go so there's a bit of a navigational thing too so i just learned so i need to practice what you're saying is i need to practice yeah, going from being 
swim like horizontal to vertical, horizontal, vertical. That's also worth practicing. Um, and getting in and out, honestly, that's a, that's just, it's worth it. And then you just have this, you know, I just now have a sense that I have a, a little bit more in the know of what to expect. Okay. All right. Well, we have two weeks until our big swim run event. So I will practice and, uh, and maybe we'll do like a practice like Friday night when we get in before our race on Sunday. Yeah. Well, we totally have to, yeah. we totally have to. And thank you to Colting Wetsuits, which was started by Jonas Colting, who used to be a professional triathlete. And now I think they're the only company that makes specific swim run gear because the whole sport was started in Sweden and he's Swedish. And it's anyway. really big over there. When I was in Sweden, there was like a massive sign for their big Attilo, even though apparently it's not pronounced Attilo. It's whatever. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't pronounce there, there was a big sign for their Attilo right. event. So, right. Well, we are very grateful and we will keep updating you guys on how it's going. <laughs>